This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. From Christianity Today, this is The Art of Pastoring. I'm Jared Wilson. And I'm Ronnie Martin. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. What's up, Jared C.? <laughs> not much, brother. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Wait, you're not expecting me to greet you I like read that? this little script of what you're about to say. Oh, man. And you threw me off with I this know. what's up, Jared C. Because I love going a little off script, Jared. That's what I, that's what I like I, to do. That's, that's Ronnie Martin, man. I can't improv. You know, I was listening to a different podcast the other day yeah. with, with some actors on it who do comedy. And one of them was talking about when they do scenes with people who are or who are bound to the script yes and and they go off script and they do improv as they it's so important to do in comedy that script people don't they just lose their stuff they don't know what to do and that's just what happened to me i know because i think i I mean don't be offended by this i feel like you would be more of a script guy than me would you oh for sure (laughs) for sure do you do you preach from i mean we don't do a whole script for the podcast but in in terms of like getting the ball rolling for the introduction we have a little thing of what we're supposed yes, to say. Yes, absolutely. And you diverted well one because it, it starts feeling thing. stale, you know, to me. So I got, I got to, <laughs> I got to, I got to run ahead of it a little bit, you know. So I mean, yeah. eventually, Do you I'm preach get from there. a manuscript. Yeah, a one-page manuscript. Okay, see, I preach from like a twelve-page. Yeah, I do man- do manuscript, manuscript, but it's but I'm but man, I'm just it's just the stuff that I know I want to say the way I want to say it. Yeah, and I'm saying a lot of stuff in between it, I'm, right? I'm a little yeah. bit country. You're a little bit rock and roll. That's what it is. <laughs> and you know We're what? Let's let's just tell Ebony everybody. Let's just <laughs> let's just tell everybody what you had to do before we started the pod, which was go tell Becky, your wife, to turn down the very offensive to me country music she was. That's playing right. She was playing something. I don't know. It was that the home keep the home fires burning? Oh that song man, is. I don't even know if we can still do this pod now after that. <laughs> I, I feel so demoralized. But you hey, so. To keep it back. Hey, this on. is a good introduction to our subject of the day, actually. It is, which, by the way, since I'm going to go back to script. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about our personalities, what we like and don't like. It's and, perfect. And I sang a song, which is a, a, a complete lack of today's subject, which is self-awareness. Self-awareness. I know. There it is. That's what we're going to do today. I know. The what self, um, The self-aware pastor. What do we, okay, so we were kind of, we we're pre-show prepping a little bit about self-awareness and we can take this a few different ways. What are we trying to drill down today with when we talk about self-awareness? <laughs> <laughs> Besides everything we just did. Besides the obvious that a pastor would be aware of himself, right? <laughs> yeah, so it, almost anything that that would imply. So I think, so I propose this subject, which is, which is why you're asking me the question. Because I think there is a stunning lack of self-awareness among a lot of pastors, among a lot of people in general, but in pastors, for instance, just as an example, a a lack of awareness about how they come across to others. Yeah. What is the impact that 
that knowing you or being around you has emotionally, spiritually on other people? I don't think many pastors ask themselves that question. Yeah, that's true. What's what's the cost of being close to me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think every every maturing Christian ought to ask himself or herself that kind of question in, in, in our marriages, right? Which is why good relationships involve good communication, because we're asking questions like, uh, you know, that that kind of approximate, what is it like to be married to me? Yeah. Are there ways that I can improve? Am I loving you well? Am I taking yeah. care of you well? Those sorts of things. You know, and, and, and that's a two-way street, but in ministry, it's a similar thing. I don't think pastors often, I don't think they often ask themselves, what's the, the cost of being around me? Yeah. And there's people who are dying for them to know. <laughs> no, there's it's people so who true. Really, there's people who want them to know. And that's where that lack of self-awareness kind of comes in. Yeah, I think um, it was Ray Ortland recently who uh, did, a, uh, did a session at, uh, one, at our network conference for a Harbor Network. And he, uh, and he basically said, you know, that, that really important question that you're just talking about, especially to if you, let's just say you're a pastor and you have staff or you have somebody you're working with in ministry and just to be able to go up to them and say, Hey, how do you read me? And to, more specifically, what he said was, is asking them, am I hard to read? So when I walk That's into good. a room, do you, do you just, do you not know where I'm at? Is that really difficult for you? It's important that I would know that because that's really going to affect how we interact together and how our, our relationship is, is formed. And I thought that was so good, but I also thought it was, it's a very vulnerable thing too. It's a very scary thing, especially for somebody that you work closely with or even your spouse, right? To go up to them and say, how am I doing? Give me some, give me some, just give me anything that you got. I, I need to know how you're receiving me. And I mean, man, can you, I mean, you can just feel like I, right now, even as I say that, and I've had those conversations with my wife, with Big M, and even now as I'm saying that, it's like, you feel your, like, your whole, like, soul sink, you know, just shrinking within you, <laughs> just afraid of what they're going to say. Yeah. Because sometimes you know. Because <laughs> sometimes you know. Which, which is why you don't ask. But that, right. but that is, but that's self-awareness. Yeah. I, I think for pastors, there's, there's an assumption that number one, you're communicating just fine, that people understand what you mean and what you say, that that they're receiving directions just fine, that people are okay because because people aren't complaining that you know of anyway, that they're you know, that you're doing okay with your leadership decisions, with your shepherding, with your preaching, whatever it is. But especially just in terms of like the relational dynamics of fellow leaders people who are under your direction. So, yeah. you know, direct reports, you know, people that you're leading either staff wise or, or, or even just in the church. And I think we probably all know guys who super aggressive kind of, you know, bulls and China shops kind of guys. And a lot of them don't know it. They don't know that they come across that way. So a lot of guys do. I mean, some guys know that you know, that's their leadership style is to be, is to be rough. But I think a lot of guys, they have no idea that they're being terse, yeah. that they're being abrupt. They just think they're leading and, and they don't actually know the the residual impact that that's having on others. So I just think it's super important to, to you know to know that you know the way we adorn our teaching and preaching with our lives is really is really crucial even to effectively communicating what we're preaching and teaching that that people sense a walk from us that 
is commensurate with our talk. And, you know, we've probably all worked for, for leaders who we wish would communicate more than they do. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, we don't feel empowered to share that with them. And so the dysfunction just continues because they think everything's great. And, we're, you know, we're content to suffer in silence. And I just think, man, if they just had a little self-awareness or, yeah. or an openness to it, you know, like these questions we just talked about asking people. Yeah. It makes me think of just, you know, my own sense of not understanding how I come off to some people. You know, sometimes it's not incredibly damaging, but it, but it, there can be an obliviousness to it. Doesn't mean that you're coming off as somebody who is just obliterating everybody and leaving a dead trail behind you, a trail of dead people behind you. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, but it can also be a way that you're not really showing people the kind of, especially people that maybe are, are you directly or under your direct report, people that you're not really showing them the kind of grace and mercy that they need in order for them to flourish in the role that they're, that they're in. Even if you're not purposely one of these like, because I know the model for us, and we've seen this, I mean, good grief, man, in the last decade, right, of these leaders, these, these leaders that lack self-awareness, and they're always just these boorish, just loud, just, you know, you know angry, almost dictator-like leaders that are just almost, you know, they're commanding you. And then, but I think there's this other way of, of, of leading where it's just, hey, you know what, it's, uh, maybe it's your, it's your quietness, maybe it's your you know, your inability to express yourself very well to me. It's maybe it's, uh, you're not really good at sort of telling me what you, you do want from me, or you're, you're trying to do this telepathic relationship where I'm supposed to know exactly what you're feeling. I know you're not purposely trying to like be harsh with me, but you're not being helpful. So we can, we, we don't have to necessarily be harsh, but we can be incredibly unhelpful if we just don't have a really working understanding of how it is that people receive us and I think that I, you know, myself, I think one of the things that I have grown in and I need to continue to grow in is just people understanding that people can't read my mind. You know, to yeah. me, I look around at things and I'm like, that's just so obvious. We all know that we should be doing that. Right. And people look at you and they go, oh, I have I have no clue unless you unless you let me know. So I have sort of have this osmosis problem with me where I look at something and I think, well, everybody sees things exactly the way I see things. And it's like, actually, Ronnie, that is entirely untrue, you know, <laughs> but it's also, but, it, but that's helped me because I've had people like my wife and people that are close to me that, that feel like they do have more permission to kind of clue me in, into some of those things. And then it's helped me with people that I, I can tell don't feel like they have the permission. So I think that's one of the big things I'd love to talk about is where do we receive some of that self-awareness that we need when we lack it. And I would say, you know, for me, Melissa, big M, um, she's helped me a lot with that saying, yeah, you're just, you could just do better in this particular area. And after I'm super mad and angry that she actually said that to me and I'm in denial, then I wait 21 seconds and I realize, no, she's spot on. It will help. <laughs> it helps me kind of go into some of these situations that, you know, I, I need to enter into and just say, okay, th this is, this gives me a path forward now. I don't know if you've experienced that or not, but. Yeah. I mean, part of self-awareness is, is really even having a sense of self uh, criticism or self analysis. Yeah, yeah. And I do think a lot of times it has to come from the outside. So whether it's a spouse or other people that we work with or minister with who have to have the freedom, 
right? So what I would say to pastors listening to this right now is you should be asking yourself, yeah, how do I come across? But you also should be giving people around you permission, mm. you know, give them permission without ramifications to to give you feedback, even to to constructively criticize in the appropriate way. And don't just make these assumptions that, you know, everything that you're doing and saying, because no one is saying anything, that it's just fine. And I think a lot of pastors are content for that. But a part of spiritual maturity and, and even, you know, emotional intelligence, emotional yeah, maturity, oh yeah. emotional intelligence is having a sense of self-awareness. The downside of it is that you don't become too self-conscious. Yes. You know, that's not you know, that you're inordinately focused on yourself and you're always thinking about yourself and you're driven to a kind of paralysis because you're so focused on what you're doing and not doing. That's not what we're advocating here at all, but simply about w- what is the cost to people or, you know, what's the the you know, response to people who are just in the relational wake of you? Do they feel encouraged, communicated to, cared for, um, listened to, or do they feel, you know, steamrolled or like you said, you know, you just kind of expect them to figure things, you know, figure things out on their own. You know, for me, it's the opposite. Well, I wouldn't say opposite problem, but it's a, it's, it's a different problem, somewhat similar to the osmosis thing. I don't assume that the problems that I see, everyone else sees them, but I assume that once I point them out <laughs> and give a lesson on them, that everyone else is on the same page as I am. Everything's fixed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and even to the extent, not necessarily that everyone will agree with what I'm saying about it, but I think this is a a common problem with pastors is we spend, I mean, our job is to think about certain things. And so if we're trying to cast vision or lead a certain direction or build a certain movement or whatever we're trying to do, we're we're thinking about that all the time. We're reading books about it. We're studying about it. We're writing about it. We're praying about it. It's, it's, It's our job to do that thing. And then we expect that other people will be on the same page as we are who literally hear about it for maybe an hour and a half on Sunday. Right. And the emails that they don't read that you send out, you know, or (laughs) or whatever it is. But we're dwelling in the thing, like we're neck deep in the thing because it's our job to do that. So the mistake that I make sometimes is under communicating. Yeah. And because I've made this sort of, you know, mistake of, well, I'm thinking about it all the time. Therefore, I'm communicating it fine because it's all my brain all the time but it's not on theirs so i i I think there's a breakdown sometimes where the cost of of being pastored by me was Mm. sometimes assumptions that i would make about how up to speed you are that you that you see the thing the same way i do i'm pointing it out to you so we're now seeing it all together but you see it the same way i do because i just laid it out right i mean i've been studying about this and I just laid it out. And now, you, and now you see what I see. And yeah. I think I would just move on quickly, and and not really pace myself and be yeah. patient with people, and and walk alongside them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout Scripture. In Christianity Today's new show. Holy Curiosity with me, Kat Armstrong, we explore storied connections threaded throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New. Our first miniseries, Connecting Dinah and the Woman at the Well, welcomes experts like Drs. Tim Mackey and Diane Landberg to give us insight and context into the physical location and meaning of these two stories. 
these stories will spark holy curiosity in your own faith. Because once you see these connections, you can't unsee them. God wastes no person, place, or thing. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Kat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform. How does a self-aware pastor help not just himself, but his congregation? I think the most self-aware pastors that I've met and I've become friends with and I've benefited from, really, it's another way of saying humble pastors, right? I think of some of the older saintly guys out there that have kind of mentored me and helped me. One of the first things I might use to describe them is that they're very humble And in that humility comes a self-awareness because they don't make assumptions about what you know and what you understand. They don't expect you to know and understand things in a way that would cause them to treat you in a particular way that that maybe is unhelpful, but they get to know you really well. That's part of being self-aware is getting to know the person well, being humble in how the Lord is changing and shaping you. And then I think just having that that particular kind of posture towards people that says, hey, I'm going to listen before I speak. And when I speak, man, I want to do it in a way that is always leaning into my care and my compassion for you to understand what it is that I'm trying to communicate. So it lacks a lot of hurriedness. It lacks like a sense of like of being rushed and a sense of impatience with like, come on, come on, we're, we're just trying to get to the next step. Keep up with me, keep up with me. Like, like yeah. the men that have helped me haven't done that to me. And they've been, they've been slow, patient, and humble with me in those ways. That's been helpful. That's been a model to me that I, I would like to be and grow into being more like with the congregation, for sure. Yeah, I think you know one of the things that we ought to be really self-aware about is to what extent are we simply using people versus actually mm. loving them? Yeah, that's and good. And I think you touched on it there is really do we give them space yeah. to be themselves, to kind of learn at their own pace? Part of ministry is exhorting people and challenging them and correcting them and, and even rebuking them. Mm. But are, are we so fixated on people catching up or getting on, you know, getting, you know, what we want them to get? You know, that we forget that it's it's the Lord's kindness that leads us to repentance, that He is patient with us, that self-control and patience are, are part of the fruit of the Spirit. And I think wanting people to kind of get with the program yeah. is, is a huge lack of self-awareness. Because first of all, the Lord didn't treat us that way. Yeah, right? for sure. He didn't give up on us. He, uh, you know, took the time that was needed for us to come to know Him and appreciate Him and and so I think expecting people to be where you weren't a year ago <laughs> yes. on a particular issue or something <laughs> like that, you know, especially as I think about, for me, you know, the, the ministry philosophy is a big deal. Gospel centrality is a big deal. And I had to turn the corner like really quickly to say, okay, I'm fired up about this. Yeah. But that didn't come from reading a book or hearing, you know, a preacher give me a new idea. That came from the wreckage of my own life and what the Lord did. Yeah. Well, I'm expecting these people to have the same emotional response as I do, the same affection I do for this concept based on me preaching a sermon or recommending a Tim Keller book or something, you know, Yeah. and that's oh, yeah. just not fair. It's not fair to right. them because everyone's at a different stage. And so, I, you know, I think part of self-awareness too is just the humility, as you said, of knowing that, that we don't have it all figured out ourselves and the Lord is very kind and patient with us. So 
extending that to others is is really about being aware of our own faults and and our own you know deficiencies in the, in that area. I wrote this note down about about Peter, the Apostle Peter, who seemed to be the most it lacked just an incredible amount of self-awareness, right? I feel like Jesus was always calling this dude out on his lack of self-awareness, you know, like when he, the Mount of Transfiguration, when he's like, yeah, I don't know, let's build some tents, guys, and just kind of just missing his surroundings and how he was, what, you know, the words that were coming out of his mouth or even, you know, the, the famous moment when he pulls Jesus off of the side and rebukes him for speaking of his, <laughs> of his death and resurrection and he's not able to read the room. He's not able to read the moment. And we all, we all find ourselves in those moments. So even in our own sanctification, in our own spiritual maturity, there are those moments when we are not reading the room well and we are missing it. And yet I think of just the gentle way that Jesus operated with Peter. I remember, you know, even after the, even after being denied three times, there's that, I, I forget which of the gospels it's in where Jesus just looks at him doesn't say anything. And there's that moment where Peter, you know, walks away and, you know, he weeps because he's finally aware of what he's done, you know, and it was the eyes of Jesus that brought that sense of self-awareness. It was the heart of Jesus that brought that sense of self-awareness. Uh, what, here's my question for you, because it's a strange thing to say, Hey pastor, just become more self-aware. Like it's like, we're not being self-aware if we're saying, Hey buddy, just snap into it, become self-aware. Yeah. Right. So, that, yeah, so yeah. it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a funny thing that we're doing. We're maybe trying to impose on, on pastors here, but what would we say to another pastor if we're trying to just encourage them in this idea of self-awareness? Like where, where do we begin? We all lack some self-awareness. Where do we begin? Yeah, even to kind of go back to what you were just saying, I think this episode could even serve that end because I guarantee you there are people who are listening to this episode of the podcast who have never thought of self-awareness as a you know, as an important trait of pastoral ministry. That it's important to know how you come across to others and and to know yourself well. We just never think of that. You know, they don't write books on it. Um the closest we get is like the Enneagram thing. Which yes. I think, you know, and I know you're a big Enneagram guy. I'm not a big Enneagram guy. You dude. are. I'm Come not. On, I'm not. I'm this not is a lack of self-awareness on your part. <laughs> you're, a big, you're a big Enneagram guy. Dude, I, you know, we're going to do an episode next time on, uh, on no, dramaticism. I, on <laughs> dramaticism. You're a big Enneagram guy. Regardless, we get close with things like that. And, you know, I'm not opposed to the Enneagram, but I think sometimes that you know, veers into the self-consciousness or the self-focus lane, and it becomes more about how people need to respond, just like we do with anything, you know, the marriage helps, his needs, her needs, and it's, you know, we turn something that's meant to to help others yes. into a means of, you're supposed to accommodate me, you know, well, I'm a four, that's why I think this way, and you need to <laughs> right. adjust to my fourness or whatever. Well, and you do, you, know? you do need to but adjust to my fourness. That's true, that's yeah. true, yeah. See, and you're that's what I meant. you're not doing it very well when you call me a big but Enneagram I guarantee you there's somebody listening to, you know, to the podcast <laughs> who is now, either for the first time or for the first time in a long time, going, you know what, I, I haven't considered the cost yeah. of being friends with me or being ministers with me or being married to me. So that's good. I think I think that's a good start, just bringing it up. So that people do have to go, all right, let me ask these questions introspectively and then also the people that I know. Secondly, this is not an unbiblical concept, right? So 
you know, 1 Timothy 4.16, keep a close watch on your life and doctrine. Yeah. So it's not simply a matter of just knowing the right stuff. There's a matter of, you know, certainly personal holiness. I think that's the major emphasis there of a close watch on your life, that your life adorns the doctrine that you, you know, mm, believe and teach. That's good. But I think it also has to do with just, yeah, your relational, you know, capacity, your, you know, are the fruit of the spirit, you know, coming through in your life. That's a question of self-awareness that I wish more Christians would ask, including pastors. Stop measuring yourself so much on the externals of mm. success and begin to, to think in terms of, am I growing in gentleness? Am I growing in yeah. peace? Am I growing in self-control, et cetera, et cetera? Those are good questions of self-awareness, I think, for pastors to ask. It's, it's not an unbiblical, extra-biblical consideration, this self-awareness thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think to me, it just it continues to go back to as we grow in our affection for Jesus, as the gospel continues to form and shape us, I think one of the byproducts of that is just going to be self-awareness. We just see, we just see ourselves more deeply and more truly for who we are. You know, we, we see our, we see our sinful tendencies. We see the way that we come off to other people. I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I mean, go back, you don't have to go back this far for me, but even five years I mean, I see such a difference in myself today than I did five years ago in terms of everything that we're talking about today, in terms of how I view myself, how I see myself, how I'm able to see how other people might receive, you know, some of my personalities and the ways in which I I work and communicate. God has done like a a major work in that, but it's, it's a super humbling work because it's, it's coming to a place where you're, you're receiving something about yourself that you don't really want to see. And in that, God is, man, he's leaning us out, right? He's sanctifying us in those moments. But it can be actually really painful. But in the end, it's preparing us and it's, it's sort of cultivating a heart in us that is going to be much more gracious and merciful for the people that, you know, we are serving, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, the younger we are and, and certainly the more immature we are, the more busy we are in kind of projecting yeah. an image oh, yeah. of, of, you know, who we want people to think we are and, and even who we want to be or who we think we are or, you know, who we aspire to be. But as you walk with Christ over time, the more mature you grow as a Christian, gosh, the, you know, it's just, just this wonder of the gospel, the effect of the gospel, that we become more like Jesus and at the same time more our true selves. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more comfortable I get in my own skin, even though as I, you know, the more uncomfortable I get physically <laughs> as right. I get older. Yeah. But I also, I get more comfortable just in myself. I'm something about walking with Christ that creates a real sense of rest and a real sense of, um, I think, a knowledge of self, a greater knowledge of self. So I yeah. wish that for every pastor, certainly listening. And if you are listening, we thank you for joining us again today. I'm Jared Wilson. I've been speaking with Ronnie Martin, as always. Thank you for joining us on the Art of Pastoring podcast. Open now the crystal fountain Whence the healing waters flow Let the fiery cloudy pillar If you're liking the show, please take a minute and give us a rating and review in iTunes. It helps other people find us. You can find Ronnie and me on Twitter at at Ronnie J. Martin and at Jared C. Wilson. 
Feel free to hit us up with questions and potential topics for the show. We'd love to hear from you. The Art of Pastoring is a production of Christianity Today. It's produced by Mike Cosper, editing by Mike Cosper and Aaron Leslie, mixing by Aaron Leslie. Our theme song is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah by Jeremy Casella. <laughs>